everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. People just aren't coming to church like they used to, but they say, the football stadiums are packed. Isn't that interesting? Thank you guys for being here. I love our online church, I really do. I love our online church, but online is just a supplement. You know, it's not the deal. If you're traveling or sick or whatever, online, but if you're physically able, I'll see you next week, all right? You know, I had something crazy happen a couple years ago. Lisa and I received a phone call from a team of lawyers, and they asked us uh, several questions. They said, wait a minute, my pen, yeah. They ask, you know, electricity. Well, this team of lawyers asked us several questions. They said, number one, will you be a witness? And they described the case, and Lisa and I knew both sides of the case. It was a huge case, massive amounts of money. So they said, would you be a witness? And then they asked, if you answer yes, can you be available during this time frame? So we you know, absorb that, and we told the lawyers, yes, we will be witnesses in this case, because again, we had talked to people from both sides over the years, and and it kind of culminated into this, this drama, which led to a trial. The day approached when we were going to actually hit the stand. I've never done this before in my life. Uh, I've never witnessed like that. So we, we walked into this courtroom and actually put the hand on the Bible. Do you solemnly swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God, all that, and we said that. And so we did it. And it was kind of nerve wracking because you know the lawyers, they're gonna argue this and argue that and try to get you back on your heels and they try to make this word say that and that word say this. We just told the truth, straight up truth. That's what a witness is. A witness tells the truth about what they've seen or heard. As followers of Christ, many of you are Christians. We are to be a witness. I mean, that's, that's Christ's strategy. We're to witness. That's how Jesus wants to push the ball downfield. If I could just, just summarize it in one word, witness. Witness, witness, witness. Now, the book of Acts, I'm gonna go through some of the, the, the book. It's in the New Testament. It uses the word witness 29 times. Witness, 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 witness. A witness, I'll say once again, you tell the truth about what you've seen or heard. I'm a witness. Jesus said in Acts chapter one, verse eight, right before his ascension, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses, you see it there, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, And everywhere, that's what Jesus said. That's his strategy. So what's the strategy of the church? To be a witness. No, seriously, it's gotta be more complex than that. No, no, witness. It's one person telling another person what they've seen 
what they've heard. They're just telling the truth. That's, that's the strategy. So it's kind of scary, isn't it? Jesus has left the strategy up to you and me. I mean, we're it. Now, some of you here are not believers, but you still witness. Everybody witnesses, everybody tells something about their lives, about who they are, by what they say and what they do. But I wanna to talk to Christ followers first. And if you're not a Christ follower, you can have courtside seats to what Jesus' strategy is all about. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Lisa's mom is almost 95 years old and she is in an assisted living situation. She has um, pretty severe dementia. It's so severe that when she says something seconds later, she forgets it. So the other day, they, they wheeled her outside. She would not been outside in a while, and Lisa's sister asked her, Mom, she said, what are you thankful for? And we have this on video. She, she, she looked around, and she goes, my salvation. And then she paused, and she said, did I say salvation? And then a third time she said, I'm just thankful for my salvation. <laughs> Salvation's powerful. When your soul is power washed, when the geological plates in your life change, when Jesus comes into your life, when you repent and confess and turn from your sins and receive Christ. It's power. And those of us who are carriers of Christ, we have an opportunity to, to, to witness. That's the strategy. Well, I wanna tell you three stories and they're in Acts chapter eight, nine, and 10. And I'll give you the cliff notes of these stories and you can read them in detail later. But each of these stories, salvation, 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 just like Elva, Lisa's mom said, they're about salvation, but also they're about people telling the truth about Jesus regarding what they've seen and what they've heard. And what's really interesting about these stories is these stories describe a kaleidoscopic range of people from different backgrounds, cultures, different races, yet they all tell the same story. Story one, is a story about a man, a very influential man. He's known as the Ethiopian eunuch. He controlled all of, King, of Queen Candace's wealth. The guy was a, a, a heavy hitter. He had taken his caravan of Bentley chariots to Jerusalem to worship. As he was returning back to Ethiopia, he happened to be reading out of the scroll and he was reading Isaiah, which is a prophetic book that talks about Jesus. While he's doing that, God taps a man named Philip on the shoulder who was like preaching to the masses. Philip left the masses 
just to witness to one person. Fellowship Church, we're all about that one. We grow one life at a time. We're about one life at a time. That's why Jesus said the good shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the, the one. The one. Who is your one? Who's your one? This man, again, had a lot. Philip was walking beside this chariot and he began to question him. They got into a conversation. The Ethiopian eunuch invited him into his chariot. He shared Jesus with him. And in Acts chapter 8, verse 35, tells us Philip began to speak and starting with this same scripture, he told the man, same scripture being Isaiah, the good news about Jesus. Maybe this person in your life is influential. And maybe you say, well, I don't know if I can witness to someone who is an influencer, someone who has a lot. Well, obviously, Philip didn't have a lot. All we do is we tell the truth about what we've seen and what we've heard. And one of the difficult things about witnessing to someone who is wealthy is the fact that wealth gives you the ability to, to put a stopgap in the hole in your heart. Wealthy people have a hard time hitting bottom because money is a good God, lowercase g. It will numb you temporarily from the aches and pains of life. Get depressed, I'll just buy this. Get despondent, I'll just fly there. That's why Jesus said, it's more difficult for a rich man to get into heaven than it is for a camel through the eye of the needle. But it really is. Yet, a lot of people are like, man, I can't say anything to this person because I don't know enough. Well, you'll never know enough. You're just called to tell what you've seen and heard. So I've got one question. The same question the lawyers ask me, I'm gonna ask you this question. Will you be a witness? If you say yes, you have agreed to be on this fast track with the Lord Jesus. You'll see the Holy Spirit work and move in your life like you've never seen before. You just say, God, I want to be a witness. And he will show you people and situations and he'll lead you to say what you need to say. Just... Recently, I was at a birthday party and a group of people were sitting at a bar area and there was a young couple and, and I'd met them through another event several months ago and they just began to talk to me about the things of God. And of course, people will do that easier with me but when they find out, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor. They either run from me or they'll sit down and ask me questions about about God, and, and, and some of the questions that they asked me were, were really, really good questions. One time my response was this, I don't know. They go, really, you don't? That's refreshing. I go, no, I don't. I said, I can try to find the answer, but I don't know. 
So I simply told them what I know, what I've seen, what I've heard. And you're not gonna know the answer to every question. However, you can ask someone, and I can ask people who are smarter and who know more, who can give people an answer. And if they're really seeking, if they're really open to the things of God, they'll be receptive to that. But I want you to watch something. We have a seeking savior and we have seeking sinners. A seeking savior will always use a willing witness to talk and to tell the truth to a seeking sinner. That is God's strategy. So in a way, Jesus was saying in the book of Acts, this is a football. Man, the Cowboys need that speech after last week, don't they? <laughs> this is my strategy, you're to be a witness. Will you be a witness? Now the second story, we move from Acts chapter eight to Acts chapter nine. Acts chapter nine is about someone who's super famous, I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Paul, if he was living today, would have a double PhD. He's a Mensa guy, brilliant guy. He was persecuting the church. He was having Christians killed. When he would get up in the morning, he was about killing, 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 taking out believers. One day, he's riding a horse down the Damascus Road to persecute Christians, to take Christians out. All of a sudden, he's knocked off the horse and a light penetrates his eyes. The light was so bright, it was even high noon, it made, it made the, 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 the noonday sun seem like a little cheap night light, you know, some Batman or Superman night light. That's how bright it was. It blinded Saul. His name was Saul and later on changed to Paul. And this voice said from the light, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then it went on and on. So Saul went to Damascus and God tapped a guy named Ananias on the shoulder and said, Ananias, I want you to be the guy to witness to Paul. In this case, Saul. And Ananias was like, what? You didn't say Saul, God, no way. I mean, this guy, he, he's intelligent. I mean, the first guy, the eunuch was influential. This guy's intelligent off the charts. I mean, there's no way I can debate with him. He'll have me killed. I'll be put in prison and tortured. Ah, no way. But God kept after him and Ananias, went because he was available. And God simply said, if you read just the essence of, of, of this conversation that Ananias had with God, are you available? And Ananias goes, well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he went there on the edge, and he went there and standing at the precipice on the ledge, he allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to him, to use him, he laid hands on Paul, Paul received the Holy Spirit, he was saved, and like the Ethiopian eunuch, was baptized. Whoa, man, that's a crazy story, isn't it? 
Wow, it kind of scares me just to, just to think about it. But I love how he said, here am I, Lord. So Philip was like, yes, I'll be a witness. Ananias was like, okay, here am I, Lord, I'm available. If you're available, God will do crazy things with you. And, and this is one of the most difficult things that Christians face. Some face. It's almost like Christians, it's like we horse trade with God. God, I'll, I'll serve in this area, but as far as witnessing, whoa. Or I'll be a worshiper, but witnessing, I'm not so sure. I'll work in the small group ministry or the connection classes, or I'll go to midweek meetup, or I'll volunteer in our student ministry, but witness you all. And I get it. There's fear involved, but the enemy does not want you or me to witness. He doesn't want you to hear this message. And, and it's not popular. I get it when you talk about this because it is hard work. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, I'll make you fishers of men. Fishing is messy. It's dirty. Many times you'll be skunked. It takes patience and perseverance and vision and creativity. There are some people that I've been witnessing to personally for over a decade. And I feel like the needle is barely moving. But one day, I don't care how influential you are, you're one crisis away from opening your life. I don't care who you are. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Cuban, Jerry Jones, you name the person, they're one crisis away. And again, money is a good God, lowercase g. That's why rich people have a hard time acquiescing and giving their lives to Christ. But the crisis is a situation. But what I would tell you is, come to Jesus now before the crisis. I mean, you will get the phone call one day. I mean, crisis is going to happen to everybody. I don't want to be a negative preacher, but it's gonna happen. No one's getting out of here alive. So this influential, wealthy guy, the Ethiopian eunuch, became a follower of Christ because Philip witnessed to him and she was baptized. The apostle Paul, formerly known as Saul, I love how artists do that. <laughs> Prince was the first one who did that, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. And some others have followed suit. So, so Saul knocked off a horse. He was riding a high horse, right? Oh, I'm the man, I'm smart. I, I'm this, I'm that. And yes, he was, brilliant. Knocked off the horse. Jesus called him by name. And at the same time, he supernaturally synchronized Ananias to lay hands on him, to witness to him. He received the gospel. His life was never the same. And even secular historians will tell you, Paul is one of the most influential figures ever. It's a normal guy, Ananias, who is he? He's a believer. I mean, 
He wasn't that smart. Don't let people who have some kind of a high IQ or advertise their intelligence intimidate you. You have Jesus. I have Jesus. And we just share what we've seen and what we've heard. But there's no such thing as a, as a silent witness. I mean, yeah, I get it. We're to, we're to walk the walk, but we have to talk the talk. There has to come a time when we tell the good news. Will you be a witness? You gotta answer that. Will you be available? You gotta answer that. Now this last story, the third one is the intimidator. A Roman captain named Cornelius. You know he was a good dresser, he was from Italy. The Bible says that. Not that he was a good dresser, but it says he's from Italy, that was a little joke. Cornelius, though, was intimidating. And he was seeking, again, remember? Seeking savior, seeking sinner, willing witness. Simon Peter thought this was just, Christianity was just a Jewish thing. Now, Acts chapter 10, again, these three stories, Acts 8, 9, and 10, Simon Peter thought Christianity was just a Jewish thing. He, he had a racial issue. And everybody talks about racism these days, right? And it gets really quiet when you talk about it. And, and yeah, there, there, there's some racism, but our culture is not systemically racist. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And I'll tell you something else. Here's, here's the bad problem with Black Lives Matter and critical race theory. First of all, they're, they're, they're based on socialism and that's a whole nother story. They're anti-family, et cetera, et cetera. But the sad thing is they say the color of your skin is the most important thing about you. What a joke. They're diminishing you, people of color. Most important thing about me is not my skin tone, it's my heart. So we're gonna see that God shows no favoritism here. He had to slap Simon Peter upside the head and say, hey man, Christianity is for everyone, everyone. That's why God put these stories back to back to back. People like judging you because the color of your skin. What a joke, what a joke. Okay, I've got gray hair. What do people judge me? Oh, he's got gray hair. You got gray hair, man. I'm gonna tell you a story where I can brag, okay? Some people humble brag, I'm just gonna flat out brag. <laughs> I was at this gym several years ago, basketball gym, and there was a guy, great guy. Um, he, he got drafted and played a little bit in the NBA, whatever. He was coaching all these kids on shooting techniques and everything, so after the coaching was done, he goes, hey, come down here, man, let's, uh, let's do a shooting contest. Now, he didn't know really my background. He just saw me sitting there, gray hair. Man, I wore this guy out. Beat him the first game. Let's play again, man. I should have put some money on it. Beat him the second game. Beat him the third game. He said, man, where have you played? Then I told him, man, you're judging me because of my hair color, right? You know, That's how stupid it is. He should have looked at my skills. 
Don't let that white hair mess you up. What a joke. Simon Peter had a problem with it, man. He really did. He thought it was about Jews, man. Christianity is for the Jews. It's not for anyone else. It's a Jewish thing. Jew, 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 Jew. But again, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I guess the disciples missed it. You're to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So this Italian guy, Cornelius, becomes a believer. Simon Peter walks all the way to Cornelius' house, steps into this non-Jew's house, which was a huge thing for him, shares the Lord with him, has a radical change. Cornelius and his entire household become believers and badoosh. They're baptized too. Here's something interesting for all the Bible students here. The three stories I just told you can be traced to some of the three major strands of humanity. You remember Noah, out of the ark, he had a couple of kids. He had Ham, Shem, and Jephthah. Story one, the Ethiopian eunuch, this African can trace his roots, Ancestry.com, all the way back to Ham. Oh, come on, yeah. In the second story, St. Paul, I'm talking about Paul, Saul who became Paul, can trace his roots because read there, Asia, Middle East, he can trace those back to Shem, the second of Noah's sons. And then Cornelius, the Italian slash European, can trace his roots all the way back to Jephthah. So it shows the hope of Africa is Jesus. It shows the hope of the Middle East and Asia is Jesus. It shows us the hope of Europe is Jesus. It shows us the hope of the world is Jesus. Will you be a witness? Are you available? And the third thing that Peter had to do, will you tell the truth? I love this, I love this section in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Peter exploded with the good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer, he said. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from if you want God and are ready to do, as he says, the door is open. You pray and God will open doors for those who are influential, for those who are intelligent, for those who are intimidating. You face your fear. You listen to the Holy Spirit as he whispers to you. You will walk on the edge in the ledge of love and faith and mercy and grace and adventure like you've never seen. You, my friend, will have a courtside seat to life change.
Well, we won the court case. Let me say that again. Our side won. Tens of millions of dollars transferred into the accounts of just the couple of people. Great. After the verdict, our lawyer friends called us. Uh, Ed, would you mind putting your wife on speaker again? Listen, we want to thank you and Lisa for your testimony. I'm not sure if you know this, but you guys were the key witnesses in the trial. Wow. We were like, man, this is incredible. In fact, the lawyer said, had you not given your testimony, we would not have secured this verdict. It changed the whole thing. Huh. Just by witnessing. We have Jesus in our lives, friends. And we have the power only because of the Holy Spirit of God. We have the evidence, right? To, to change the whole thing, to bring back the right verdict in people's lives as we witness. So I've got three questions. Number one, will you witness? Will you be a witness? Number two, will you be available? And then number three, will you? Just think about it. Will you tell the truth? Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this message. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to witness. I thank you for so many lives here that have been changed because of a witness. And I pray, Lord, that those who are hearing my voice, if you have never, ever, ever asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, that you would simply say, Jesus, I believe to the best of my ability that you lived, that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And right now, right now, I ask you to infiltrate my life. I open the lid of my life and ask you to, to come in. I give you all that I am right now and all that I will ever become. As you're praying that prayer, life change is taking place. As I said earlier, the geological plates in your life are changing. You're being power washed by the blood of Jesus. And you now have an opportunity to do what I think is arguably the most exciting thing in the Christian life, to be a witness. Others here, you're believers and maybe you're kind of a contradictory 
maybe kind of a contradictory Christian in, in a lot of ways. You're, you're saying, well, I'm just a silent witness. I mean, yes, it, it's great to live it. It's great to be an example, but maybe just maybe you've not been praying those high-risk prayers. You've not been listening to the Holy Spirit. You've not been stepping out and just walking through those doors. I pray that you do so. And I thank you, God, for being a seeking Savior. I thank you for seeking sinners. And I thank you, God, for the lives here that are willing witnesses. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.